0: Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode.
2: Da 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 day, da 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 day.
0: Hey, welcome to <laughs> another episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that the gun Medea stays so
2: close to throughout all the movies. Is actually a personification of Black Girl Magic. My name mm. is
0: David Borey. I'm Lexington Kerman and and I've, I've got big feelings about this. Let me hear. Uh, okay, let's let's first set our listeners up because this is a this is a motherfucking mini episode. Nothing special about it. That's not true. This is a very special mini episode. Right. Because we're doing something a little different. We're fucking around on this one. We're getting weird. And and boy, oh boy, are you all lucky that this is what we've chosen to do. Or, I don't know, we have some regrets. But one of the things we do to satiate your sick fucking needs yeah. is we are going to be going through classic black cinema and, and unpacking it and just talking about some of the conspiracies deeply rooted in some of your favorite Black films. And today, we we started, we thought, what better way to start is to start by unpacking Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I think this is a classic,
2: everybody, top of everybody's watch list as someone who's followed Tyler <laughs> Perry. <laughs> as someone who's followed Tyler, Tyler Perry from the stages into the cinema I'm very excited. Yep.
0: This. And that that's true right? You you were a you are a watcher of the of the staged videotaped uh Tyler Perry productions. Well,
2: it was on DVD now we were doing well and uh yeah, I see- <laughs>
0: My mom had a few. Listen, you may have gotten it on DVD, <laughs> but that think it was videotaping.
2: 100%. 100%. 100%. Because there's no time on those plays. It could have been 92. It could have been 02. The point That's is, right. yeah, I've seen, I seen some of the plays. A lot of singing. A lot of God. Kind of not for me. So I was very happy
0: when he mm-hmm. made a movie
2: of just, just the parts we want.
0: Well, okay, so that that takes us then to the conspiracy you presented—that this gun is in fact a metaphor for Black Girl Magic—and one of the things that that I struggled with inside of rewatching this film, and we've we've already started to talk about it, and we'll talk much more about why this <laughs> film is such a journey to take on because we did rewatch it. Both of us took it. the time to, to rewatch. <laughs> All two hours, one hour and 56 minutes of Diary of a Mad Black Woman starring Elise Neal and a bald head nigga whose name I can't remember. It and of course, the legendary, the king, Shamar Moore. Uh, <laughs> king is loosely, loose, loose term. The greatest king that ever was, Shamar Moore. And boy, oh boy. Did I wish Medea used that gun on at least one or more of these characters <laughs> sooner? <laughs> Please unleash your black girl magic and murder some of these people so that this film could end faster is how I felt. There was about four too
2: many subplots in this whole movie for me.
0: Dog. The, <laughs> the whole, There's an entire section where the very, very mean husband, played by the bald black man, is somehow the defense attorney for a major cocaine distributor? Y-
2: yes. Yeah, and that is
0: and then she has to yeah. I'm so- <laughs> No, please. I I'm I'm truly ending the sentence there cuz I got nothing. I
2: And then somehow also she is called mm-hmm. into the case but like when she should be She's already living her own. There's no reason for this man to come back into this movie, right? Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's
2: already living her whole own life. Her and Shamar Moore are getting together. I believe they've been intimate at this point. He let oh her yeah,
0: they, they. she wrote it in the diary that yeah. uh, <laughs> that she gave her? I believe she she said something along the lines of giving him his his spirit, her spirit. It was
2: terribly unsexual.
0: Uh, yeah, it was like a, a very, it, it was almost like a homosexual, a closeted homosexual man wrote about the lovemaking between <laughs> a man and a woman. It was clearly a man who has no idea
2: about the courtship and or sex act. Yeah. <laughs> or has known any women in yeah.
0: general. We melded our parts, I believe is what he said. <laughs> My question
2: is, when they were fucking, did Shamar take that wig off?
0: Uh, You know my boy ain't take that wig off. He's shy under there. He ain't take that wig off.
2: He's bugging with the cornrows on.
0: I I thought, and this was my mistake, because this was sort of a transition period for Shamar Moore. I do remember believing for years...
2: transition into what? What are you talking about?
0: Brother, the the brother, he's, he's had many phases. (laughs) We, we, we talked about it before on the podcast. I'll talk about it again. But Jamar Moore started as maybe the sexiest man to ever walk the planet earth. And then he transitioned into kind of a loser. And we were all like, I think, Shamar Moore might be a loser. That was during the midst of like the, the Soul Train sort of hosting period where we we're like, hey, this dude dances weird. The rapid pumps. Yeah, he's not as cool as we thought he was. This, is a, this might be a mistake for us to want to bone him as bad as we, we do. <laughs> and then there was, almost like Jesus, this period where we didn't know what Shamar Moore was up to. And that was in between Soul Train and Diary of a Mad Black Woman, I would say, is when we were like, what the fuck is Shamar Moore up to? And as it turns out, what he was up to was going bald. He was going bald. (laughs) 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 He was losing.
2: Is that the era where he started to be? I know there was an era where he was uh, photographed with a lot of questionable hats is that I when i started so. i
0: think that's <laughs> i think that's when the fedora era kicked in yes. i think that is ultimately why the wig was so necessary in this uh in this film because tyler perry mm-hmm. does make wild choices with wigs i, I it's object, objectively he makes some fucked up wig decisions but there was no reason to put a wig on the sexiest man to ever walk the planet earth
2: i it was a crazy move i also will say i think that that's why tyler perry doesn't pay industry wages is because sure. he's blown it all on the wig budget.
0: Oh. I mean,
2: <laughs> how many wigs do you think they got around Tyler Perry's studio? They must have a hanger.
0: Right. At this point. You think, you think they're stuffing wigs in the bathrooms like Trump did those uh, those documents that he stole from the White House.
2: I think he's a man who loves to play dress up and he likes a lot of wigs around.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I love this. So Tyler right. Perry is in your mind using some of these wigs. He isn't just like laying them around for others.
2: Oh no. I think he's using I think he's using the wigs in some type of adult childhood situation. I think that after everybody goes home at night, maybe he dresses up and has like imaginary tea parties with everyone.
0: Whoa. I, I, yeah.
2: I, I like to think he's getting in costume a lot.
0: I did hear this story, and this sort of connects to what you're you're saying. I heard a story that uh, that Barbara Streisand has a mall in the bottom of her her mansion. That like she has built a literal mall in the bottom of her mansion that like has actual employees and actual items you can buy and will regularly go down there. I think almost every day or once a week. I can't remember exactly what it was, but we'll go shopping in this mall. Of employees with stuff that she has all paid for. All of this is technically her shit, but she will go shopping in the mall and specifically go to this toy store where she'll buy a doll almost every day or once a week or whatever the fuck it is, just to like relive her childhood, just to like feel the joy of what it felt like to be a, a little girl buying a doll at the mall. And so, to your point, Maybe there's a, a wig store that Tyler Perry just has set up at Tyler Perry Studios where he's like, I, I want the candy colored wig. And it, he's yeah. like, sure, Mr. Perry, whatever you want, man.
2: Yeah. Meanwhile, the guy at the hot dog on a stick is like, he yeah, I'll never come in here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he keep on saying, uh, if I go in there, people going to know. <laughs> people going to know my sneaker. So I, he do not come. <laughs> Why he would build the hot dog on a stick and then not come, we don't get it. It's but, insane. But.
2: I thought he loved lemonade. I see him drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> but truly, I mean, not to digress down this, also very interesting. That Barbara Streisand thing fucked me up. I feel like that's for another day.
0: Yeah, no, it's pretty fucked up and sad, and and not. Uh, it really tells you how bad Hollywood can be to a person's brain.
2: Yeah, you know what a funny girl. Uh, I. Been... <laughs> <laughs> well, back to this Tyler Perry, specifically Medea with the gun. Yeah. I, I thought this I thought this idea because I was quite frankly kind of stoned and I thought it was funny, but the more i I watched it it's it's like because whenever she has the gun that's it's the most ridiculous top parts of the movie, but it's mm-hmm. also like problem solving
0: yeah no i i every problem that's sort of presented in this movie that feels like it is it is without solution is resolved almost immediately as Medea pulls the gun out.
2: Exactly, and that's what I was getting to where it's like let's say this gun isn't real, then it's like then it becomes if you look at it just like on like moving the plot forward, then it kind of just becomes Medea taking control of situations mm-hmm. over and over again
0: because you know what, you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, and what's especially fascinating about it, and this is this is some of the the uh, I guess struggle I had inside of the film. What makes it so long and arduous is that it does feel like this super promotion for Christianity, right? Like literally every. Every primary solution that is presented to Elise Neal's character throughout the film is baby girl, you just gotta pray. You just gotta you just gotta trust in God and God will get you through this. And the only character that presents even some possibility as an alternative is Medea, who says, Shoot the nigga. <laughs> just just go in gun blazing and that'll solve your problems as well.
2: And it's like back to the wall, who do you side with that know?
0: I, as, as a saw fan
2: get a lot done in this movie is all I'm
0: saying <laughs> <laughs> listen her mom went back to a nursing home but madie crazy Medea had a cookout so no, but, yeah
2: <laughs> also can we talk about how it's crazy that the grandma is fine but the mom is crazy
0: yeah that's... doesn't
2: that seem odd
0: yeah, and I guess the implication wasn't that the mom is crazy as much as she is just uh incapable of caring for herself, but but, also, but it is odd.
2: Also, he put her in the home because she as she said, he wasn't he was he didn't line up with she didn't line up with his American dream. Which yeah. she put that in quotes as if he had said that to her like, "Listen, bitch, your mom does not align with my American dream."
0: But but what's even crazier is the way that he speaks to her. He might have like he he opens the film by being like, "Bitch, get out my car, bro." Don't. I don't, <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: I don't want to be that guy, and I'm not trying to victim blame. But bitch, yeah. you should have seen it coming. Come but, on, you didn't know that
0: was a bad guy.
2: Listen if to I, him talk.
0: <laughs> if I come home <laughs> and my wife is packing my things in the front yard, I don't go inside and go what's going on? I go inside and I go uh, I got to salvage something. Oh, I've got to burn I the, the fact that she thought that the the new dresses in that in that closet were for her oh, what makes her owl. a literal dumb dumb. What And an I how can you help her?
2: What else she had to take? What a hell she had to take Because I saw it coming I knew exactly I I could smell it on that guy Of course he's moving (laughs) this new woman in She's
0: going to be light skin with curly hair I know it When she shows up to the office And he is standing with his new woman And his for some reason Filipino son (laughs) (laughs) Why did he look like that Why did
2: he look like that (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> the oldest Filipino boy that they could cast that boy. for for the role of mixed child number one. That boy speaks <laughs> Tagalog. He <laughs> might as well had a plate of food. And, and he fe- he didn't apologize. He didn't go, "Oh, baby, this is my client." You don't realize. He just was like, "Bitch, I'll see you at home, ma'am. It's over." You knew that. You knew
2: that he's been. And, you know, he didn't just start talking to her like that. That's my issue. That diary should have been full of her being mad.
0: Uh, Dear diary, he cussed me out again today. (laughs) I think (laughs) things are going astray. Like, there should be lots of clues for you to follow as, as you make it to the end of this journey.
1: Join us as we try to solve a 35 year old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Get emotional with me, Ravi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry.
0: And it's David Borey. And we are the hosts of a little podcast called My Mama Told Me. And more importantly, My Mama Told Me is going on tour. We are hitting a bunch of phenomenal cities and we want you to be there.
2: Yes. Come out and see us. August 19th, Houston, Texas. August 20th, Austin, Texas. August 24th, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Illinois? I don't know how to do it. August 26th, (laughs) New York, New York. And August 27th,
0: in Pittsburgh, PA. We're going to be telling jokes. We're going to be playing games. We are going to be spreading salacious rumors. And we're going to be accusing some of your favorite Black people of being a part of the Illuminati. It's all going to be phenomenal. You got to be there. Buy your tickets now.
2: Also, watching this film, I don't understand what Shamar Moore saw in her, to be honest.
0: Oh, yeah. No, not at all. How did that work?
2: You're doing good, my man. You got cornrows. You got a truck. You got another job.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you got a couple of jobs. You got a cousin that hooks you up every once in a while. (laughs) Yeah. What do you You don't need these problems. (laughs) No, come on, man. She's stressful. You you saw how she got put out of her house. Her grandma's pulling guns all the time? Come on, man.
2: Her grandma pulled a gun at the barbecue in the kitchen on the old man.
0: Her great uncle tried to have sex with her. Th- th- this family's messed up. You got to you gotta value yourself, Shamar Moore.
2: Yeah, it kind of makes me, at first you're like, because she's talking and at you first you're like, oh, that's so sad that he made her disengage from her family. But then you see the family dynamics and you're like, maybe she disengaged. You know what I'm saying?
0: I don't or you see the family, family dynamic and you're like, hey man, that ain't the part that he's being a bad guy about. Yeah, he was right. For real about that. Maybe we shouldn't spend every Thanksgiving giving with this lady who shoots people. She Maybe that's it. not the <laughs> 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 There's that one scene where they're like all hanging out in the kitchen and it's close to, to the end where like they're just, it's just like doing weird wrap-up stuff of her being like, I still want to be with him and and figure this out, blah 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 blah, Which and then so Medea just pulls her gun out for no reason. She just goes, "Hey y'all, I, by the way, I still got my my gun." All right now, and she That's like what clicks I'm it a bunch of times. She's puts it back in her purse. She's reminding
2: you of the Black Girl Magic.
0: Yeah, this it's, is the alternative to Jesus. White Jesus is Black yes, Girl Magic.
2: It's like it's like everybody else in this movie is got Jesus. Really, Medea's got her wits. And it mm-hmm. makes me like the movie a lot better if it's not an actual gun that she's just taking out all uh,
0: yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> I... Someone needs to check on this old woman. She's in the house. And frankly, the old, the old <laughs> man that lives with her too, because cause he'd be talking crazy. And at least a him.
2: sex pest. He is at least a yeah. sex pest.
0: There's that there. There's that one scene. Uh, this is right after Elise Neal gets kicked out of her home and steals the U-Haul truck from Shamar Moore. Somehow. Which how? 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 I, I don't know. He was in the Shamar driver's Moore seat. Just decides, and but he's like such a, a a chivalrous man that he like gets out of the the driver's seat and get and gives her the truck and is now stuck on the street in a pre-Uber America. But but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> There's a scene where Elise Neal is is so tired and worn out from her harrowing night that she is sleeping on the couch, still in the dress that did not belong to her from the night before. And then Medea wakes her up by shooting the gun into her own ceiling. Just yeah. just like pops pops one in the air, and then her brother goes running. He shits himself for some reason. And <laughs> and literal. Literal uh, dust from her own ceiling falls onto Medea's head, and she feels nothing from it. She's not phased at all by that choice.
2: That's because she's traumatized. She uh, listen. She has PTSD, right? Medea. Yeah.
0: What What do you think? From what do you think, Medea? Do you think she's all the previous
2: like a- times in her youth she had to use said gun? <laughs>
0: You think it's from all the murders and mayhem that she was a part of.
2: You don't take out... You don't pull it out that cavalier at the age of 100, whatever the fuck she is, yeah. without having been comfortable doing that from an earlier time, right?
0: Right.
2: Like... Yeah. She, I mean, she has active court cases. Remember when they yeah, go Yeah, no. She's currently on papers.
0: Yeah, Judge... What was her name? Judge Maybelline? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Because everyone judge in this Maybelline. movie
0: has a one hundred year old name? <laughs> it's, it's, judge Maybelline had a had a very hit show at that time. She was a, a logical choice to to make the cameo judge for this film, but. But goddamn, was this a horror show of a, of a film? But I will say that your Black Girl Magic assessment doesn't feel completely off. It does feel like even if Tyler Perry wasn't spe- speaking specifically about Black Girl Magic, he was presenting the gun as an alternative. That That's- it's almost like niggas, niggas can either solve their problems through prayer or they can solve their problems through popping caps and there is no space in between.
2: Not in, not in. I assume College Park, where they live. I don't know where they.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is very, it's it's very unclear what what town, city this is. But but boy, is it Atlanta. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's not
2: sure in the Atlanta metro area, one (laughs) hundred percent.
0: It's almost like he was shooting it without without Atlanta knowing that he was shooting it there, so he couldn't call it Atlanta. But right. but like, niggas know this is Atlanta. Like
2: he didn't get the rights to Atlanta.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, like he didn't get a single shooting permit. He was just like pick up a camera, Maurice. <laughs> yeah,
2: his cousin Maurice. <laughs>
0: It's like I got a film idea and we're gonna get it done in six days. Yeah, I don't
2: think that I don't think that there was necessarily a script written as much as there was a loose, like plot. Cause like no. the movie, so much shit that doesn't have to happen happens. You you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's sure. so and that was the thing with the plays where they were so long. Cause like the plays were like that, and then imagine every five to seven minutes. A two to three minute long, very Christian song.
0: Right. Yeah, that that feels crazy <laughs> because <laughs> I forget that I I never watched the plays. I've I've protected myself from those things for years, but I forget that they are in essence musicals. Like yes. they're not not a musical sort of like endeavor, and in that way, it's like. Jesus Christ You know what I mean Like you're not just Dealing with uh, This isn't just The story That we're struggling Through as viewers This is The story Plus A fucking Long solo From whoever's The lead and, and the chorus And all these people
2: Can I tell you I remember having A friend come over One time When I was a child Being like Hey I got this cool Movie It's got some Really funny parts Oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Try to, like, fast forward through all in the singing <laughs> to just oh, the singing parts. <laughs> fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Truly, fuck.
2: Don't know what I was saying. Because it was in the movie, in the place she, like, smokes weed and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that would be a fun counterculture thing to show, uh, my young Hispanic friend, he did not understand.
0: No, yeah, this is this was a uh I, I think more one of the, the the more complicated arguments that I remember having with folks is whether or not Tyler Perry is out to destroy the black community. And I do think that part of what made it destructive at least on its surface was the idea that when white people or people of other races saw this, this would be their interpretation of what like the black family is. This is what black people are. And it felt fucking destructive. So no, I would have never shown this to anybody else. No, of, of the course not. Community.
2: You were very smart. I The thing about <laughs> these movies though. Okay. One thing I want to say, it does feel like a thing where like, you ever heard that term Southern secrets?
0: I haven't. Tell me more.
2: It's like this idea. What is it? Like Southern Secrets Die Hard or some shit? It's just like this idea. There's always like, in all the movies, there's always some crazy deep secret that comes to light. Like, it's a lot of people like, like there's like major discoveries, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like emotional. And (laughs) it makes me feel like Tyler Perry is like hiding some major secrets. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, are we just going to say it?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think uh, Buddy's got a few secrets he's not ready to talk about. (laughs) A
2: couple secrets he hasn't told anybody, you know what I'm talking about?
0: (laughs) And I do think if he ever does come out and sort of makes himself uh, uh, a a openly gay man, I do think his filmmaking will get better.
2: Are you kidding me? The Tyler Perry Down Low movie? That would be an epic. Imagine a movie about Down Low black men in America with music.
0: (laughs) I don't wanna get my dick sucked, but I gotta get my dick sucked. And then some big guy like, come
2: back and get your dick sucked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna suck on that dick, but not in a gay (laughs) way.
3: (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's crazy because that's what I assume gay guys are doing anyways
0: yeah they're like back! they're just singing at each other come back here let me suck that dick <laughs> I, I don't know what this is for I don't know if we've solved any problems but I do think we did it I if. Whatever we were meant to do, i think I think we covered it.
2: I think we covered a lot of important ground here today,
0: yeah, and hopefully we'll find more conspiracies underneath some of our our most gorgeous and most awful black cinema.
2: I mean just for clarification, this one was gorgeous you
0: know, you know. I, gorgeous I agree to disagree, but but it certainly was made. <laughs> <laughs> it, <laughs> a lot of people said it wouldn't get made and it was made and now he's the wealthiest man in hollywood and, and what are you going to do about it you know
2: not suck his dick
0: because he doesn't uh, like that he don't like that we all know that and he tells us that every day with the films that he's making <laughs> Bori, can you tell the people where they can find you and what cool shit you have going on?
2: You can find me at CoolGuyJokes87 on Instagram, CoolGuyJokes87. Go ahead and check that out. Got a lot a lot of stuff coming up. Uh my tour dates are all at bringdavidaplate.com. Come see me out on the road.
0: Yeah, and if you want to follow me, see me uh at Langston Kerman on Instagram and, and wherever else that exists. Uh and also come see us on tour in August. We'll be in a bunch of places in August, including uh, New York, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Houston, Austin, that's everybody i believe but we we hope to have more dates beyond that but if you're, you're in any of those areas come check us out we would love to see you there and as always if you want to send us your own conspiracies your own drops if you want to tell us uh what what the gun is truly a metaphor in the medea films please send it all to my at gmail.com we would love to hear from you that covers everything bye bitch <laughs> Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode.